0: So um, we run a financial advice business called Fox and Hair. With my co-founder, Glenn, we
1: now lead a team that is 13. Wow. Yes. It's not been that long. You guys have achieved so much in not that long a time. It's so impressive. It has felt like an
0: enormously fast growth trajectory, which is really exciting. And then last year, because I felt that I didn't have enough on my plate, um, we decided to launch Ladies Talk Money, which is all about helping. Anyone who identifies as a woman
1: understand all things money, which is really exciting. Yeah, well, because there is a large, I mean, a little bit off topic, but kind of on topic. There is a large gap in um, financial understanding for women, I think, coming from what it was only in the 80s that women were allowed to even have a credit card by themselves. So women have kind of been shut out of that conversation historically. And there's an enormous amount of work to do to help us gain financial equality. Yeah. Yeah. Well, um, I guess where I'd like to start is maybe let's go back a bit. And Mm. when you first kind of were moving into a professional workplace, what was your experience as far as women in leadership? I was extremely lucky in my first role at a bank to have a very,
0: very good, kind, caring female boss. And she really wanted me to succeed and she put me forward for a lot of roles that Mm. I didn't know that I was necessarily ready for. But, you know, in retrospect, I absolutely would have been ready for. And I was very Mm. lucky to have had that person guide me very early on in my career.
1: Yeah. Well, why why do you think that you felt unready at the time? Because I know that this is, this is another issue, right, that women tend to feel un- unprepared for roles that men who maybe aren't as prepared for feel very prepared for. <laughs> totally. And you know what's funny, Suzanne? I have always been a
0: very confident person. And even for me, I have absolutely had that absolutely yeah. i have had that i have had that classic imposter syndrome you know yeah. i got a job at macquarie bank when i was very young and i genuinely i genuinely was worried at night that they were going to find out that i had no idea what i was doing yeah. and i was going to lose you're going to be caught out yeah i would like actually cry about it sometimes i was yeah. so terrified that they had hired me under false pretenses that i must have said something incorrect to have got the job which of course was not the case yeah um and so i I can't imagine what it must be like for people who don't necessarily had the confidence levels that I already innately had within me. Mm. I think that's a huge barrier and I think everyone needs to know that that is so normal.
1: Yeah. Do you think like societally that confidence versus lack of confidence comes from, I mean, in Australia everybody kind of gets tall poppy syndrome. If you think you're too good, you get cut down. (laughs) But I feel in general um, women it's, if you love yourself or if you feel confident, then you must be a stuck-up bitch. Totally. Even
0: in like my family unit, I'm the I'm the eldest, and I am uh, one of three. I have two brothers. My father would always say that I was bossy.
1: Yes, you don't hear that to a but boy.
0: You never hear that now. I have strong leadership qualities is how I would have uh, presented it as a child. Um, But it's true. Like we we peg women as bossy and we peg men as leaders. Girls are not bossy. Girls can be, little girls can be leaders just as much as little boys. And I absolutely think we've got
1: a lot of work to do to change that language societally. And interestingly, it's like women are, expected to be the leaders of the house even though you know there's this idea of the head of the family being the man yeah but women are expected to be the leaders of the house and to keep things running there but it doesn't apply for some reason to work it's like we have
0: um we've created these four walls walls of a home and said right here is okay but if you take that outside it's like oh no that's not what this was designed for it's like well yeah bullshit, like absolutely can be designed (laughs) for that. And, um, I think it's our job to really test those boundaries and, and it will feel uncomfortable, but we've got to do it and we've got to go outside of our comfort zone. And I don't think we teach people to be brave in those circumstances. And I think for women, especially we've got to get really comfortable
1: with feeling uncomfortable in those situations. (laughs) Yes. Yeah. And I think also, um, something that we talked about earlier before you came today that i think is really relevant is Mm. that um women's emotional maturity is often used against them Mm. um whereas it can be a real asset in leadership i know that the best ceo that i have ever worked with was is one of the most in tune um people i've ever met with emotions and she the fact that she's able to see what's going on with the staff and the team she works with before Mm they're even aware of it sometimes, yes. means that the team works so much more efficiently and it's actually a superpower, <laughs> really.
0: Yes, I agree. I think empathy and vulnerability are hugely, hugely underrated in leadership. Yeah, And I think they are natural qualities that women often have. Yep. And I think we see them as more you know, feminine elements of leadership and I don't think we give them the kudos that they deserve. Yep. And as you rightly pointed out, I think that I innately am good at that. I can sense when something's not 100% right within someone in our team and I'll grab them or pull them to the side and say, you know, what's going on? Are you yeah. okay? And then lo and behold, you know, they're realising, oh, my goodness, all this stuff is going on and yeah. it's having an impact on work. So I think it's it's silly for leaders to not think that um, this doesn't have an impact on productivity yes. and um, profitability. It absolutely does. But I also think being vulnerable as a leader is so important. So important, and um, I am always sharing with my team how I'm feeling. I'm sharing with the team any challenges that I'm coming up against. I'm really, really open about what I'm good at and what I'm not good at. Yeah, and I really try to get the team to understand this is something that's a blind spot for me, this is a weak spot because Mm. we're all humans and we have them. Yeah, how do we best as a business? work with this and what's your strength and what's your weakness yeah what are your blind spots and and what do we need to do to nurture you so that you can be the very best that you can be mm. acknowledging that you're not going to be perfect yes yeah 100 because i think also women are scared about not, not being, being perfect. perfect yeah so we need to tell them it's okay it's yes, okay no yeah. one's perfect here yeah. um how do we find your superpower as you call it because you yeah. we've all got them yeah and how do we help you run in your you know your highway and then whatever's your blind spot, we'll find someone where that's their superpower. Yeah. And I think that's how we've really tried to build our team, so that whatever someone um, is, you know, their weakness, we find someone where that's absolutely their their natural strength. And I think without intuitively understanding that and having a culture where you can be honest and vulnerable about that, it's very it's very hard then to build a team that's diverse enough to allow for those those different elements. Yeah,
1: yeah. Um, and I also just do want to talk about. I think it's perfect timing in a post the existence of COVID world. Um, Women in leadership, as far as government, I think we've been able to see so starkly Mm -hmm. the countries which are led by women have had much better results in the control of COVID, namely Jacinda Ardern, Mm -hmm. the superhero, the legend of the planet. (laughs) (laughs) Um, And I think... I mean, we are still so underrepresented Mm -hmm. in government, women are, but I mean, obviously we're getting better, Mm. but um, do you have any thoughts around what you've seen? Well, I think to your point, there is absolutely, um, you know, a correlation between
0: female leaders globally and, you know, pandemic responses and and the the quality of the response, if you like, Mm -hmm. and what that's led to. And we've seen Places like New Zealand take what could have been seen as a very harsh uh, model up front and it's worked out very well. So I think, you know, we need to see more women in those roles because as we've said, you know, there's very much if you can't see it, a lot of people believe you can't be it. Yes. Um, And I think we also have to celebrate success. What really frustrates me is when there is a scandal, when there is an issue with a company, and we saw this in in a, in a board position role um, in finance a few years ago, the female board members, the female, you know, chairs, it was scathing. It was so malicious, you know, in terms of their, um, the media coverage. Mm. And I think media has got a lot to do with how we're portraying women 100%. in leadership roles, yes. um, both in corporate and in government. And I think we have to, you know, really question the media around, well, where is the celebration of the good stories? Yes. Because there's certainly a
1: lot of media coverage with, with bad stories. Yes, and and it's a lot harder for women to recover from these bad stories than it is for men. They're still judged more harshly. Totally. We've got people in
0: government who are guys who have done things where I have no doubt if it was a female who did it, they possibly be wouldn't be in their role anymore. Yep. And we have to... Um, Be very across that, and we have to lift the mirror to ourselves and as a society, and say, why are we okay with
1: that? Yeah, we simultaneously expect more from women, but also don't want to give women more. We punish them far more severely than we punish men for their misgivings. Yeah, absolutely. And women do it too. It's not just men doing it. We beat each other down just as much.
0: Yeah, and unfortunately, I think you know. sadly, I have seen that in my corporate career and, and it's probably come from a, um, a scarcity sort of mindset where, you know, there might not be that many roles for women. Um, You know, the classic sort of one girl per team, one yeah. leader per um, area. Women can be quite nasty to other women and it's our job to call that out as well as mm. other women if we see it um, happen. And, and I have had it happen to me in corporate a, a couple of times as well. And it's hard. It's really yeah. hard because you think, oh, my God, the sisterhood and solidarity. And you want means. it to be, yeah. You want it to be. Yeah. Um, but we need to know that that's not always the case. And if you see it happen to another person, person, but also woman, then I think it's
1: really important that we call that out because it shouldn't be a competition no. between it us. It doesn't take anything away from you to lift other women. Totally. It only helps. Yeah so going back to you touched on media um i think obviously what i do i i feel like media representation is really important and not just in news but also fictional works and something that i was reminded of as you were speaking was um there's a speech that reese witherspoon did several years ago now and she's like how often female characters like the lead female character in a movie will turn to the man and say what are we gonna do now and then she made a joke about have you ever heard a woman turn to a man in real life and say, <laughs> what are we going to do now? But it's, you know, it's this narrative that's painted in society that a woman can't make the big decisions. Mm, totally. And I think we are improving with this since I have seen, that I have seen a decline in those kind of things happening in movies. I think it is a lot less common and the fictional representation, particularly um, post me too, has been a lot better, but mm. we've, there's still a lean to this, even in um, a client that I was working with was talking about a video that we were going to make featuring a manager, a fictional manager for um, this video that we were creating, and everybody kept talking about he, 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 he. Mm. And you know, partway into the conversation when we were talking creatively, I was like, "What if it was a she?" Mm. <laughs> Not wanting to be an issue, but it's like, "What if it was a she?" And in that space, everybody jumped on it being a woman, and that's great. But I think it's this default that Completely. we have. That a person in leadership must be a man. It's this unconscious bias and and the
0: unconscious part is really important to acknowledge that it does just sit yeah beneath the conscious level. Yeah. And you know what? I've made those mistakes. yeah, I have made those mistakes, and I carry my soapbox invisibly around everywhere with me. yeah, and yet I also have unconscious bias. Yeah. And so it is really important to call that out and,
1: understand that we're all on a journey yeah well and it's largely because of representation both in um like fictional media and in you know government and things it's because yeah if you're not seeing it all the time you do form like you said these unconscious biases yeah um and i don't think that anybody should be villainized for that but it's like we need to choose to challenge oh hashtag yeah (laughs) we need to choose to i wasn't actually even trying to say but we actually we need to choose to challenge the unconscious biases
0: yes and not only for ourselves, but we need to bring awareness for people around us yes. in a very
1: polite and respectful way 100%. when we notice that yeah. there's those unconscious biases there as well. Yeah, 100%. Um, I actually had a client call me um, a few months ago and he's like, I just want to tell you about something that happened here. He's like, I was talking to you, to you some of our team and they were like saying, oh, this videographer, he's great. He must be really good, good, find. good job fighting him. And he was just like it's a woman. <laughs> <laughs> oh my, oh my goodness. A Real life woman as a videographer. What is going Wild. on? Yeah.
0: And that is what we need. And do you know what? That's leadership. Yeah. Yes. You know, we need to redefine leadership. Leadership isn't about how many people report to you. It's not about how many billions of dollars of profit you are giving to shareholders. It's about none of that. It's about saying in those small moments, mm-hmm. if that is a standard that you do not hold true, and you know that that's not okay, you must call that out. And to me, that is that is the definition of leadership.
1: Yeah, 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 hundred percent. And I think even in the leadership, as far as leading people, doesn't necessarily mean you have to have people reporting to you. Like no. often I am in, in the roles that I come into, I'm o- often one of the um, lowest ranking people there, but because I am directing the situation, I will be telling people who were in charge of me what to do Yeah, and that is, yeah, a form of – that is a very obvious form of leadership but it has nothing to do about what, how many people report to me.
0: Yes, I think that's um, something that corporates I think could really pivot on because I found where I was was, you know, very hierarchical and it was classically hierarchical and it makes it very hard when you are young and you're motivated and you're driven and you've got a mm-hmm. great idea. Yes. Uh, to feel confident enough to say to your boss, hey, like I think there's a better way or what about this? And, and companies benefit from that. Yes. Um, you know, us as, as consumers benefit from that because we get a better product or we get a better service or whatever. Yeah. Um, but if we're having a very traditional like leadership model, mm. I don't think we're getting the best from people. And so I try in our team to have a culture where if you've got, it's like best idea wins. Yeah, I don't care who it's from. It could literally the person who walks in, they're like, I'm an intern, I have not got a clue of everyone's name yet, but I see this as a gap. I'm like, brilliant, yeah. let's go, <laughs> let's do this. Um, Come into my office. <laughs> sit down and help me build this. Um, and I think there is that classic ageism in, in, in leadership as well. Like you've got to have grey hair, you've got to have wrinkles on your face and so much experience and, and war stories. Mm.
1: Nah. So then... I guess we've talked about some of the brilliant things about women in leadership, which, I mean, duh, <laughs> but right. also. Um, but obviously there are a lot of prejudices against female leaders. Like we assume that they're going to be bitches and, yeah. and bossy and these words that you, we've touched on. So w- what kind of prejudices have you seen or experienced as a female leader? Uh,
0: have I in? I don't think you would have found yeah. <laughs> um what I have seen are probably quite different because I wasn't in a senior executive role in corporate. I, I saw them and I had um, a lot of contact with them, but I think in bigger organisations there's very much this perception that um, you're right, that uh, women leaders are um, cold um, and, you know, bitchy and yeah. angry is sort yes. of a thing and, like,
1: childless. Oh, yeah. And... Um, um yeah. or the exact opposite they must be too scattered and too emotional totally <laughs> there's no in between yeah
0: it's so yeah we really sort of um we we have this bizarre stereotype that if you're a female you know it's very much like in the devil was Prada. you know the the miranda Priestley or whatever it is like this yes. cold hard callous yep. lady i find in terms of prejudice that exists for me it's actually more that i work in such a male-dominated industry that when i ring providers this is like a small thing that i encounter regularly people just want to know who owns the business they want they, they don't want to speak to me <laughs> they want to know who, like who's in the, charge the person in charge <laughs> and then and or they
1: want to speak to the financial advisor
0: and i'm like, you couldn't
1: possibly know about finances
0: I'm both. (laughs) Um, And, and, and you can hear, you can hear the shock. And so it's that, and again, it doesn't have to be these grand sweeping gestures. It can be small things like that, where, you know, they were like, Oh, sorry, no, I'm actually looking to speak to the director or something like that. And you're like, yes. And that there is the moment where we are challenging, you Mm. know, what it is to be a leader. And, and, and that's, Frustrates me to no end, <laughs> and the team know by my tone of voice
1: when on you've the got court. that comment,
0: <laughs> and I'm like, because I always think there's space, there's space between something and my reaction, there's space, there's space, <laughs> and it's not their fault because again, this is what they're used to seeing, mm. but it does, um, it does actually affect me, and then I think, what the hell am I letting this affect me for? Yeah, um, and and actually, I think one other thing that I'd like to call out is, um, I push. I have pushed someone in my team to expand her role and to, um, you know, really make sure that she is, you know, having appraisals with me where she's singing her own praise and I I make her um, do that and we're very big on like I think what's great about our little story is because we've come from this big corporate world and we've built a small business from scratch, you know, you can take the best bits from small business uh, from large corporate land and put it into small business. We're very big on. Um, performance plans, development plans, appraisals, and I am really tough on them if they don't sing their own praises and ask <laughs> for extra, you know, responsibilities. Ask for their pay to be increased. You know, do all those things. Yeah. Because we need to teach that.
1: Yeah. Particularly
0: to young women who sometimes don't want
1: to have that conversation. Yes. Yeah, and we won't even get into the pay gap. Um. <laughs> I can talk all day about it if you want. <laughs> But I think also just even the fact that having someone like you in leadership means that we're looking at these issues, that there's people who aren't just accepting the history of what leadership has been. yes, And therefore, everything that comes with that, other than just being generally male, it's all these other things that are going to make the workplace a better place yes, for everyone, including yes. women.
0: Yes, and even small things like, you know, what's your parental leave policy? Do you give super contributions while someone's on unpaid parental leave? You know, all Mm. these little micro things, they're almost like little microaggressions that companies are like, well, that's how it's always been. It's like, yeah, but if it's shit, change it. Like, we've got to have a new lens. We've got to have a new paradigm. We've got to think things through differently because clearly what has gotten us here to date has not worked overly well given the levels of women in leadership broadly in Australia, in government leadership roles um, and the the time it is expected to take to have us reach true parity
1: is too yeah. long. It's a hundred years, isn't it? Oh, my I goodness, think. I think it's more. Oh, gosh. What I'd kind of like to explicitly let's get like real ideas out of what we can do better in society as individuals, whether we're in leadership or not, to a make it easier for women in leadership or to get into leadership but also change the perspective on what a woman in leadership is
0: Mm. i think um a word that you just said there that i think is important to call out is it is important to be authentic and it is important to understand that you don't need to look and behave a certain way to get a certain role And we have to challenge that concept that a plus b equals you know c whatever it is only this formula it must be this formula because then we're teaching it It is a very prescriptive lens and that you must do it this way and actually there's so much opportunity for for diversity and authenticity to come through and i think we need more authentic leaders being authentic standing up saying you know um what what has worked for them and what hasn't worked for them and it shouldn't just be women it needs to be men as well Mm -hmm. because we need to change the entire view um but i think it's around helping support understand what you can do to support the women in your life mm. um, and it may not be, you know, your partner, it might be your friend group, it might be your sister, it might whoever it is, what is holding them back? And you'll probably find that it's a self-limiting belief mm. and how do we help them challenge that belief for themselves and then how do we help um, teams if we're managing teams, how do we create a space where people all feel like it's okay to show up and to be authentic mm. and to throw their ideas into the ring mm. and to put their hand up and know That as a leader, you know, explicitly stating you don't need to have all the answers. You don't need to feel 100% competent to do this. You just got to be ready to get your, you know, um, sleeves pulled up. You've got to be ready to work really hard. And I know you're going to learn this on the job because I know that you're a very talented and capable person. People are opting out of those situations because we are so clear that you must have all of these capabilities. And so we have to challenge that and say, no. Be explicit and say when there's new project opportunities, when there's new role opportunities, go for it. The more that we're going to see this leaning into opportunities and then also if I can just call out, you can't lean in if you're doing all the housework, (laughs) all the school stuff, all the drop-offs. You know, I will never forget this. I went to an event, um, a corporate breakfast, and the woman who who runs it, who is fantastic and I have a lot of respect for her, you know, before the event kicked off, she wanted to openly start by acknowledging her husband who wasn't in the room for thanking him for taking their children to school that day. Just that day. <laughs> right. And so I sat there and thought, I've never heard a man, I've been to plenty of corporate breakfasts in my time, lunches, dinners, evening events. I've never heard a man stand up and say thank you to my wife who who or partner who took uh, my children to school that day. And it was like, It was such a profound moment for me
1: because I was like, this has to change. But I also do just want to very quickly touch on it's also okay and it's not unfeminist if you don't want to be a leader, a a traditional leader. And I think we're also, again, it's like you'll find a way to hit a woman with either end of the stick. (laughs) It's like you're unfeminist if you don't want to be in charge. Totally. That's fine.
0: And, you know, for me personally, this is something that I've been thinking about recently. Um, It's around redefining what does success look like? Mm. Because I think in a lot of ways success for me personally has always been benchmark around, you know, the professional success and climbing that ladder, climbing that ladder and career success. And we have to pair that back and we have to stop telling women and people at large, that your worth in society is based on how how well you've done in that sense or how much income you bring in or what's your, you know, net wealth, that is so untrue because what success looks like should be different and very bespoke based on what intrinsically drives you. Yes. And we need to challenge that as well. Yeah. I think maybe the only other thing that I want to add is like leadership can be any person, any day of the week. Mm any colour, mm. any race. Um, it can be someone who is wearing Birkenstocks, who <laughs> is dragging their dog around, who is frazzled and has things everywhere. Like it doesn't have to be this super polished, perfect, mm. always organised f- person. Yes. I think we have to remind ourselves of that because there is this very archetype of what a leader is and, yes. and I think some of the best leaders i've ever worked with have never actually looked like what the traditional leader leader has been if you feel like you don't fit that profile don't let that hold you back from what
1: i believe we all have within us which is the capability to show leadership just from you talking as well about anybody can be a leader the incredible leadership that we've seen as people who both care a lot about the environmental issues at the moment Mm. in the next generation particularly of women of these young women yes. and the leadership that they are showing in this movement that we need to happen uh, which we won't go into mm. it's it's so impressive and it's so uplifting to see this coming through it's so exciting
0: and it's led by empathy it's yes. led by care it's led by this want and need to look after people yes. who aren't even potentially born yet. Yes. And I think, you know, that potentially is a feminine style quality mm. and it's coming out in radical activism. Yep. And it's about saying those two things can sit next to each other and be fab Yeah, they don't have to be mutually exclusive.
1: Yeah, yeah. And so I think we've got a long way to go, but I'm really excited about the direction that we are heading as far as Female leadership.
0: I've seen a lot of change and I'm excited by what I see for the next generation of women yeah. coming through. And what I hope is that, you know, when I started my career, I honestly didn't believe that there was a gap. And it wasn't until, because, you know, in school I was like,
1: of course it, Yeah, we're smart. We're yeah. Smarter.
0: Um, yeah. And it wasn't until I got into my career that I could then actually see it. And I really hope that all of this fantastic work that all of us need to contribute to means that, you know, the girls at school now hopefully when they
1: get there they don't even they don't ever see it and i think it is important to note that it's not just going to be better for women it's going to be better for men too i think there are a lot of um issues that women can just nobody's going to be hurt by more diversity in leadership it's always going to be better yep. not just women but diff- diversity in across the spectrum of humanity it's only going to make it better yes definitely and I, and i think that we have to be very clear
0: to men that we're not here to push you out we're here to not taking anything away we're not taking anything away we're growing this and we know that um you know organizations that have higher levels of diversity perform better it's it's going to be amazing and it's going to take a lot of hard work but I think we can do it
1: yes I hope so I think so well thank you I can't tell you how much i appreciate you coming and and bringing your beautiful olive who you might have seen walking around or heard walking around yes who's <laughs> stolen a varietal i think she's had about four days worth of snacks and then, <laughs> she's this. a good girl she deserves it
0: <laughs> interview period um but thank you for the opportunity because again these conversations are really important
1: yeah i hope um a lot of people really hear what you've said here because i think you have a lot of value to offer to anybody who's gonna watch this thank oh, you so much thank you so much you. You so much Susan.